Nun Beis Amad Aleph at the top line. We'll have, uh, it's a very structured uh, faith today. We'll have Mishnah here. We'll go through it till the bottom of the Amad Beis, which is another Mishnah, and then we'll have the second half. Mir Tashem. So Yisayimim, Shosam Chetzel Balabayis. We're going to deal with the, um, the relationship here. When you have um, orphans that are, are, are not like officially by their father, given that this person is going to be, it wasn't like there was a will left that, uh, you know, uh, Joseph Rothschild will now be uh, in charge of all the assets of, uh, of, of the kids, or not even a formal Basin appointed apitripus, but and the neighbors, a good friend, they trust the guy, and they basically rely on that person. Again, this person is not appointed by the father, not appointed by the Basin. They are going to rely on that adult to sort of oversee the, the financial uh, well-being of, of as long as uh, they, they need it. So Yusayim, that's where it's Samchu. They're relying on the Balabas, or the father had, before he passed away, officially um, declared, or probably written down, and everyone knows that they want this person to be a, um, an apitropis. Okay, we know who the person is. What's the issue? Chayev la'aser peroisein. My underline la'aser peroisein. It would be uh, incumbent upon him, since he's, so to speak, the adult in the room now, to take ties off of their... Produce. He has to be responsible for that. Period. If you had the financial overseer, that's the apitripus, who had been appointed um, before the father died of these uh, children, then Yishava, when the kids grow up and he's finished with his job, he has to swear to them that he did not keep anything they shouldn't have from the estate. That's a shvua that will be required of that apitripus, if he had been appointed by the father. However, if he was a court-appointed apitripus, minuhu based in, lo yishav, when he finishes his job, he would not have to make that shvua. By the way, most people don't feel comfortable making shvuas. It sort of maybe uh, cause them to, you know, uh, uh, turn away the request that they should be an apitripus. I just, I don't want to get involved in shvuas. Shvuas is a very heavy thing. You're swearing on a Sefer Torah. You're swearing on the name of Hashem. So people don't often like to do that. Therefore, if he's a court-appointed apitripus, at the end, when he finishes his job, after however many years, he does not have to swear. We'll see in the Gemara, the reason this machlokas, especially now, comes along Abashol, who I boxed, and says, Abashol, Oimer, Chilu Fadzvarm. It's exactly opposite. It's the court-appointed apitripus who will, yes, have to swear at the end of the time that he's an apitripus, as opposed to the one who had appointed by the father of the assignment before the father passed away, would not have to. We'll see what the, as far as each way. Isn't the order of the bit strange? Like first, first, first he has the uh, and then he has the apitropos. Surely the apitropos would have been a, a more obvious thing to have first. I think that the order is based on uh, what's going on chronologically. So the, the second thing the mission mentioned is when the apitropis is finished, what has to be done, a shvua or no shvua. First thing that's mentioned is during the apitropis, which could be years earlier, so is there a chiv of taking meiser? By the way, there might be a chiv of taking meiser for sure if he, if he was like an official uh, court appointed or been appointed by the father. But let's say he's just doing this like a favor. Does he have that responsibility? And really we're going to see now, the Gemara is going to bring a it's about a 20-line brysa of, 
I would say there's probably 50 different issues that are mentioned that this unofficial apitropis either yes has responsibility to do or not have responsibility to do. So I think the order of the mission then is in chronology of uh, what happens in the life of the apitropis. First thing mentioned is something going on during apitropis. In the end, the last thing mentioned is, is there that shvua at the conclusion of the apitropis? Says the Gemara Urim Minhu. We have a... Um, Bryce, it goes for two lines plus another two words. Um, and, and it says over here, um, in the Pasuk by taking Miser, if you have produce, you can take Miser. Uh, atem, Gam Atem, the Gam is an extra word there, which comes to include, you could send a Shaliyach to do it. But there's a whole bunch of people that would not be Shaykh to taking Miser. In other words, if you made $100, you're a painter, you came home with your $100. Your next-door neighbor, Bob, can't walk into your house, take $10 of that, and give that to Aniyam. That's not his position. Let's say you and Bob, though, were partners in the business. Would he be able to? I don't know. Let's say he's your son. I, so, Atem. From the word Atem, you, which comes to include others who can also take Meister. And this is probably by Meister Peros that we're talking about here. But there's also a bunch of people who cannot. Atem, says the Pasuk, Veloy Shutfin. Partners... One partner cannot take, let's say, Truman Meiser off the total without the other partner's permission. You might say he's a partner, he should be able to control all of it. No, he has to have the uh, permission of the other one. Again, the word atem in quotation marks, veloy arisin, not um, a sharecropper. Sharecropper, let's say, he takes care of all the crops and he keeps 50%. Well, that's great. He can get Meiser from his 50%, but he can't from the other person's 50% if he doesn't have permission. Atem, that's in quotation marks, again, the same word, below. Oh, look at this. Apitroipsin. I squeal on Apitroipsin. If you're an Apitroipist, you do not take Meiser from the produce of the orphans whose estate you're overseeing. Which, by the way, that sort of goes against what we had said in the mission, apparently. And for that matter, uh, somebody who's taking tithes on stuff that's not his, it, it doesn't work. That's the end of the next source. We want to focus just on one thing. The Apitroipist says over here, cannot take Meister for the stuff that he's the state that he's overseeing of the kids. So which way is it? Amrav Chista. Chista explains like Kasha Colin Kanlahachil Kanlahaniach. Why is he uh, seeing to this produce right now? Is it stuff that they're going to eat for the next week, or is it stuff, let's say like grain that they could put away and they'll be there for a number of years? And the truth is, they'll probably only have to see to it once they grow up. The Mishnah, which said that he would, the Apitrepus would be in charge of taking the Meisris. Yeah, because that's the stuff that they're going to eat, consume over the next few uh, days, weeks, or months. Whereas Khan, the Brisa we just saw that says an Apitrepus doesn't take Maestris, is Lahaniach, where the reason that he is seeing to this stuff is to sort of store it away for years. Let them take care of the Maestris. Put a big sticker on the box that says no Maestris were taken, period. Vahatanya, almost as a support, and here's the, so again, it's about a 20-line Brisa that uh, kind of lists off all of the various things that uh, one of these, not a court-appointed apitripus, not a father-appointed, but like an unofficial apitripus, things that they uh, could do, could not do, should do, shouldn't do. Hapitripsin. Uh, here we go. Tormen umaisrin. If there's produce of the orphans, they would be responsible for taking trumas and maestras. Lehaachil. Underline the word lehaachil. If the reason they're doing it is because that's produce that the orphans are going to be eating from in the near future. The low lahaniach, but they wouldn't be able to do it if the reason that they were seeing to this produce was that they were in the process of storing it away. That's just basically just like what we had said. But here's another 49 points for us. U, lahem. 
Meichrin Lahem over here means, Rashi does a Kaloimar, the Apitribus would be allowed to sell from these various assets of the Yasaimim if what's necessary is money to buy food. Here's the assets you could sell Behema, Avadim, Shvachais, Batim, houses, Sadais, fields, Ukramim. Leha'achil. Again, it's the same general thumb. If he needs the money to be able to buy them food, then certainly he can. Leha'achil, it could mean literally food, or Rosh says here, Leha'achil, the mois. They need to spend the money. They need to, I don't know, pay the Arnona bill. Where are we going to pay? Where are we going to pay the Arnona bill from? I don't know. We better sell one of those cows to pay the Arnona bill. Avalolahaniach. Not to put away in some sort of uh, bank account or trust account, or maybe even just like to leave the coins hidden somewhere because. You know what happens sometimes which, with coins that are put away? They get stolen, they get lost. So just leave things as they are. They can also sell for them. Peirais, yenais, shmanim, usalsais. Peirais be produce, wines, oils, flour. By the way, all these things, if stored properly, they could last for a long time. But the Apitrovis the would be allowed to sell these assets of the Again, if the reason is they need money now to take care of things for the Yasaimim, not though to put away. Comma, here's another list of things. This is sort of like the, the mitzvah list. The uh, 613 Chabad mitzvah tank has all of these mitzvahs. These mitzvahs yeah. uh, little kids, who's going to buy their lulav? What about their aravas? What about building a sukkah? How about buy them sitzes? All these things can uh, do lulav. That's interesting in the list. Most of the things are not deraises. The deraises are probably going to be obvious. These are things that are durabanans. You can take care of a lulav because a lulav, of course, for an eight-year-old is only a durabanan. Arava, sukkah, tzitzis. The choldavar sheishloi kitzvah. You know what else an apitrevis can oversee? Anything that has a set amount that it'll cost. What would it come to include? Le asuye, a chauffeur. Not to drive them to school, but to blow on Rosh Hashanah. By the way, that was a Gemara interruption, the La'asuye Shaifar. We're going to have five or six of them where the Gemara pipes in just for a few words to tell you what that phrase is coming to include and this phrase is coming to include. Okay, so the culture of kids is coming to include Shaifar. Can purchase for the kids if necessary. Yes, school books of the old days, Sefer Torah, Tfilim, Mitzvahs. The Chol Davar, Sheesh, for that matter, any other item, Mitzvah item that has a set boundary, which would come to include what? Gamora interrupts for a second. La Suye, a Megillah, come uh, Purim time, or maybe according to the Gra, uh, Megillah's Rus, or Megillah's Eicha. Ve'ein Poiskin, this is back in the Brisa. Now here's things that the Apitrebis would not be allowed to do. Let's say the Temple Beth Am is having their high holiday appeal. And you have to, remember those little cards you used to get in Shul? I don't know if you had this. And, and you would, it was like 18 or 50 or 100, and you would flip down the card, or you raise your hand. Here in the Shul over here, what are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's bidding. You know what the Apitripus does? Nothing. He is not Paisik Alein, Staka. Also, let's say come around, you know, Margaret Cohn was taken captive. Uh, Muhammad and Jihad say if you give them $10,000, or really 10,000 shekels, we're raising money. No. Ain Paisik Alein, Sashfuyin. The like cold over Shane like kids, and for that matter, anything that really doesn't have a limit to how much might be spent, the Apitrypson would not be allowed to do. What's that coming to include that phrase? Says the Gemara, three word phrase, La Asuye Tanhume Avelim. Very interesting. But Tanhume Avelim would be the, uh, the meal and the preparations for the mourners. How much is that going to cost? Well, I don't know. How many caterers do you have? How, how much food? How many people are coming? So, also, that, that really is 
doesn't have a set limit from the beginning, so that would not be something that, that they would contribute to financially. Back in the price of Einabit Shreps and Rashain, they also, uh, Jews, I guess, used to litigate everything. So always coming to Baston. What can Abitribes and come to Baston on behalf of the Yisraelim for? What can they not? So in Abitribes and Rashain, Ladun, they wouldn't be allowed to <coughs> go with, let's say, somebody is suing the, the Yisraelim or the Yisraelim want to sue someone else or some sort of court case. They would not be, say, authorized to represent the Yisraelim. Lachov Veliskois. I dot underline Lachov Veliskois. Whether it would be a case that uh, could potentially uh, gain uh, something to the uh, uh, the orphans or maybe cause them a loss. If the issue has to do with the assets of the assignment, now the Gemara interrupts for a second here. So what do you mean? Why can't they go to court if the potential is for a win for the assignment? Liskois on my law? Question mark. So we have to slightly refine says the Gemara in its interruption, what the Bryce has said. Ella, I squiggle under on the Ella, not lachuv veliskois, but rather lachuv almanas liskois. I double underline the almanas. What they would not be allowed to do would be lachuv <coughs> liskois. The way Rashi says, it's a bit, I had a bit of a difficult time reading the Rashi, but Rashi's across from here about Three, four lines up in the Rashi. Dibur Maskil Ella is the last word in the line in the Rashi. Ella Hachikamar. This is what the Brisa means at that state, at that point. Ain Rashain. These Apitrips are not allowed. Ladun Lachuv Amanas Liskois. What does that mean? And I underline till the end of the Rashi. Imdanu Kadei Liskois. Let's say they went to the court and their intention was they wanted to gain something for the uh, assignment. No, no, uh, $5,000. However, uh, the tables were turned. The other side's lawyers were pretty good. Then when it turns out that the court case was ruled against them, like they'll have to pay something, guess what? Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. The assignment will not lose. Now, what that means they won't lose, then the court case just gets thrown out because it turns out he was representing the assignment, or uh, he'll have to pay out of pocket, but that's what he doesn't do. He's not responsible, which means it could be he could go to court if it's a net gain, and only a net gain, he could go to court for them. Back in the Bryce of Ainapi Trips and Rashain Limkor, they would not be allowed to sell assets that are owned by the Yasimim, Birachik, that are far away, let's say ten miles away, Viligal Bakarov, and purchase something much closer, or Bira'a, sell something that would be seemingly objectively a worse um, asset, Viligal Biyafa, and redeem something that is better. Why not? This sounds like a win-win for everyone. So the Gemara interrupts and asks my time, huh? well, what's the reason for that one? You know why? Because you never know. And anyone who's done any business deals knows sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. Often Hashem has a sense of humor, the ones that you didn't think would work out end up working out, the ones that you're so sure will happen don't actually happen. But the Gemara says, my time at Dedilma Mishtadfin. So you have a field 10 miles away. You get a field a mile away. That's much easier to deal with, the same quality field. Yeah, but maybe the field that you have would be Shidafon, uh, some sort of plague or wind damage. And you know what? Like the earthquake. You ever see sometimes in the earthquake or, or when, a, um, when a tornado comes through town, the, the place that it went, literally everything's destroyed. A block away on either side, a little bit of damage. You never know. And that's why the api, the api it's not their job to go and make cheshbainas. Maybe this will be better. Maybe this, you just leave it as it is. Leave the estate as it is. The api trips in Rashai, back in the Bryce, they're not allowed to. Limkor sodais, velika chavadim. They wouldn't be allowed to sell fields, 
which an old Jewish tradition, real estate is about as real as you can get or as solid an investment as you can get. It would not be allowed to sell fields to purchase avadim. You know what happens with an Eved? Sometimes he does a lot of work. Sometimes he runs away. Sometimes he steals. Sometimes so it could be a, a loss for the estate, and therefore that wouldn't be allowed. Aval Meichri and Avadim, they would be allowed to sell. Listen, Tyrone, I'm going to sell you and buy myself an apartment building on Nachal Kishon. The Leichin Mehen Sadois. That's the Tanakama. Roshim Gamliel, who we underlined Daimir. Afloy Limkor Avadim, Vilikach Sadois. No, can't sell a slave either to purchase what would seemingly be a much safer sort of investment. The Gemara interrupts for three words. My time, like, why not? Why can't you do that? Well, Dilma loy Mishfayin. Mishfayin is uh, like Shafez, Shafez, like settled or at ease. You know what could happen? You ever have this where a great deal, you heard somebody bought a Dira, and then like uh, two months after they moved in, there's all sorts of problems or legal problems uh, start creeping up. Um, that would be the problem. Is it maybe it won't be. What? It could be a Shibu to somebody else. Yeah, and you didn't know about it, and your lawyer was negligent, and it. I mean, usually you try to check all these things out, but that's the concern over here. Even though they're selling the slaves and they're buying that, what looks like a solid real estate investment, well, maybe not. And that's according to Rishon Gamliel. Continues the price of Ainabi Trips and Rashain, Lahoitsi Avadim Lechairus. They would not be allowed to free uh, the slaves. Um, Even if you want to say that the Yisayim aren't going to cause, it's not causing loss to the estate. Let's say the Ebed is worth $10,000 and someone's willing to give $10,000 to the estate to buy the Ebed out, you can't do that. What they would be allowed to do is first to sell the Ebed to another party for whatever the Ebed's worth, and then the other parties, if they want, can free Acherim, might see an to be able to free the slaves. Rebbe, who I boxed, Oimer, this might look familiar. I think we had it a few weeks ago. Rebbe says, That actually the Evid can um, give his own money. Let's say he's worth $10,000. He can pay his own money and go free, which is basically, let's say he's given money by somebody else on the condition that the master shouldn't have any shaykhs to it. Um, because in this case, it's as though he is selling, the apitropis is selling the slave's freedom to the slave himself. Uh, one last point for the next two lines. When everything is said and done, um, it, it would be necessary that the apitropis is going to have Andrew, see you, you later. I know, years later, they're, they're finishing everything up. He has to uh, make a cheshman at the end that basically he didn't keep anything that he shouldn't have. So even though that during maybe at the time of that he was uh, the apitrepus, he might have had certain, he might have had a car, he might have had uh, other responsibilities. At the end, he has to swear that he's not taken anything of uh, benefit from that uh, financial relationship. It's not necessary. And finally... Sorry, are we talking about a, a court-appointed apotropos or, or something that the father appointed? Uh, it's, at at this point, if we're not making the distinction, we'll assume um, all of them. We're not talking about a shvu at this point, which is much heavier than just a basic cheshpan. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to let anyone be an apotropos who at the end will say, well, I can't really tell you what we did with all the money. and uh, yeah. Basic cheshpan. Then there's on top of that, do we make him take a shvua? Uh, here's a list of people who would not be valid. Uh, Nashim, ladies of Adam, slaves, and uh, Ketanim. Nashim, 
at least in those days, and might apply now is a big question always in all these things. It's not their way to do business, to be buying and selling. Uh, avadim um, are not necessarily given the, that believability. And Kitanim are uh, problematic because they don't have halachic das. I mean, you can have a really sharp 10 or 11-year-old, but in general, kids don't, don't have the mental capacity to do it properly. If, however, any of these were appointed by the father of these Yisemim before he passed away, Listen, Arshus Biyadai, he can have Jane and some eight-year-old in Leroy the Evid be in charge of the estate. That's the end of the Brisa. Uh, the Gemara now brings, I think we have five cases of uh, what happened with different Apitrebsen. Hahu, I put a diamond around this word, Hahu, we'll just go over where they are. Three lines later, the first word of line is Hana'u, I put a diamond around that, that'll be the next case. Uh, two lines later, near the end of the line, which conveniently the last word line is apitripus, right before that is the word hahu. I put a diamond around that one. Three lines later, the last word line is hanahu. I put a diamond around that. And six lines later, first word on the line is kehektesh. In the middle of that line it says chamre, either the donkey of or the wine of. That, that would be uh, another diamond. So five cases, which will of interest to this uh, sugya. Here's the first. Who was in Rameyer's neighborhood, who was uh, in charge of uh, overseeing some uh, state of uh, some orphans. He sold land, and bought slaves. He's supposed to do that? Not supposed to do that. That's what we saw in the Bryce of above. You know what? Veloshavke Rabbi Meir. I underlined Rameyer, and Rameyer wouldn't let him do it. Rameyer basically stopped him from doing it. Hey, listen, buddy! It can't be doing that. It can't go sell their, their real estate and, and buy slaves. Very interesting. I don't know if it was that night or at some point, Reb Meir went to sleep and he had a dream. Achvile Bechalme, it, it, it was shown to him or it appeared in his dream, almost like, you know, the, uh, the, the man with the big gray beard up in Shemayim. I'm trying to destroy the estate. Anila Harais, Va'ata Livnais. I'm trying to do things that would destroy the estate. You're trying to do things that'll build the estate, which is basically like, the, you know, don't get involved, is saying Shamayim from Hashkacha Pratis. We want certain things to happen. Don't get involved in that way. Very interesting. Um, even with all that, Rameir didn't pay attention to it. You know why? Now, this is Rameir. But, Amar, Divrei Chalaymois, Loimalin, Veloimoiridin. Right? This is a chalom does have some truth to it, but in the reality of how we make decisions in this world, Loimalin doesn't add anything, Loimaridin doesn't take anything away. Um, next time we get to Masechus Brochus, a lot about dreams over there. <laughs> Another case, I know Beitrei, there were uh, two people, De Igri Behu Satan. They were always bickering. You know why? Because Satan was always getting in there into one or both of their Yetzirahs to get them going at each other. They would fight with one another. You might have neighbors like this. You know, sometimes they live in Adira. People get along. Sometimes they don't. There's always like those two neighbors that really can't stand each other. Always bickering. Always fighting. Okay. Ikla Rameir Lahasam. Another mayor. Now, Rameir, who was, like all Rabbanonari, lover of peace, he once uh, went to that area and uh, he made Shalom for one week. Two weeks, three weeks. Ikvinu, he stopped them. Tlasa beishimshi, three Friday afternoons. Ada avadu shalman was able to cause a peaceful relationship between them. Well, maybe Shamayim didn't want that. He actually, Rameir, that is, overheard Satan saying the following: Shamei de Kaamar vaida afke Rameir lahu gavrmi beise. Literally, that means woe that Rameir threw that guy 
out of their house, which is Satomesi saying, you know, Rameir, I wanted to have these two people fighting with each other. That was my job. I was like sent down to make them bigger with each other. And here comes Long Mayor and makes peace between them and threw me out of the house, basically. That was uh, Satan's, I don't know, take on the issue. Here's another case. In his neighborhood, that Apitropis was selling land, the Zavin Turi, and he was purchasing. Uh, an ox, a cow. And in this case, Rabbi Shubham Levi didn't say anything. Well, why not? Rabbi, you should speak up. That's not supposed to be done. Well, the reason he didn't speak up is several, because he, Rabbi Shubham Levi, is of the opinion he holds like Rabbi Yossi. Oh, who's Rabbi Yossi? Tisanya. Have a brisa. Interesting when we bring this brisa in. It's just over a line. When a person has a shore, um, or a person has a Field, Amar Rabiosi, this is in the Brisa, I underline his name, Miyamai, all my days, Loikarati Li Ishti Ishti, I never referred to my wife as my wife, Ule Shairi Shairi, or my ox is my ox, Ella, I refer to them more by their essential purpose or nature, Ella Le Ishti Besi, I refer to my wife as my home, because of course the wife is the Iker, the foundation, the one who runs the home, that which makes a beautiful home, not just a house, but a home. Ula Shoiri Sadi, and I referred to my shore as my field, because a shore is very valuable in those days, before there were tractors, before there was a makhlo where you could buy milk, before there were uh, leather jacket sales uh, places. Bottom line, it was very useful. And he held like that, and therefore it was very beneficial for the assignment to have a shore. Here's another case. Hanau Yasmi, there were these orphans. They were um, uh, taken care of, overseen by this uh, elderly grandma. Have Luhu Tura. These kids, these Yisayim had a shore, had a uh, cow or an ox. Shakla Zavinta Nihalayu. So she took it and she sold it for them. Can she do that? Yeah, she's their apitropis. However, the relatives of these orphans, also the Kroivim, and they came to the local rabbi, Lekameh of Nachman, we circled of Nachman, and uh, they didn't like the way this, uh, this, this elderly lady was overseeing the estate of the Yosemim. Amru lay, they, the, uh, the people, the relatives, they said to the Rav Nachman, my avidita de Zavna. What's in her business doing that? The father didn't appoint her. The court didn't appoint her. She's like some official, unofficial uh, apitrevis. Why is she doing that? Amar lahu. So says Rav Nachman back to them. You should have been in the daf yomi shir on Friday. Daf nun beis. The first line of the mission is it doesn't have to be a court appointed or a father declared apitrevis. Mishnah said right angles. Yisaimim shesam choesa balabayis. It's not okay. So oh. But that's what the Mishnah says. They rely on her, so it should work. The problem is here, and they point this out to Rav Nachman, Faha Eicher, or Yakar. The cow that she sold for $1,000, now there's corona, and you can't get any cows, because you can't ship them in, you can't get the parts. Now it's a $2,000 cow. That's like a real loss to the estate. Well, Berishus She sold it. How much was it worth? 1000 How much did she get? A thousand. You tell me it's worth two thousand, but that two thousand, that increase, was when it was in the possession of the person who purchased it. And she sold it at its fair value. The relatives point out, yeah, but Rabbi, she didn't get paid yet. She didn't get the money yet. She didn't get the kesef yet. Vaha loy nikiti dummy. She agreed to the price, but didn't get the money, and it's still at this point now. It's worth much more. Oh, 
Amar Lahu says the rabbi, that's a good point. Says Rav Nachman to the relatives, in Cain, Hainu Rav Chaniloi Bar Edi, Amar Shmuel. What does he say? Damar Rav Chaniloi Bar Edi, Amar Shmuel, Nichse Yisoyimim, if what's being dealt with is assets that are owned by the Yisoyimim, Harein Kehektesh, they have actually some benefit to them above regular assets. They're almost Hektesh-like, the Loimaknei And therefore all the other means of acquisition that we usually have, like uh, Kesef and, sh- and, and Shtar and Meshicha and those things, the only one that works is Kesef, meaning if the money hadn't yet changed hands, you can still reverse the deal. And that is what they did. Uh, essentially, she had sold an ox, it was worth a thousand. The estate of the orphans didn't re- receive any money yet, now it was worth two thousand. Uh, they enabled that uh, those orphans to be able to get the ox back because money had not yet changed hands. Period. Here's our fifth case. Chamre de Ravna Ukva Yasma. The Chamre uh, is a wine of Ravna Ukva, who, uh, conveniently enough for this uh, story, was a Yasin. Okay, he was an orphan. Mashua ba Arba. Uh, Arba. I guess he had a bunch of bottles or barrels or containers, and uh, the deal was for four, let's say $4 per barrel. Was $4 paid? I don't think it was paid. It's a Meshicha. So let's say I, the, the people who were purchasing it did a Meshicha. They took uh, 10 barrels at $4 each. Vaiker vekam Beshisa Shisa. And then the price went up, and the current uh, price would be uh, 6 per barrel. Okay. Also the Kamei Rav Nachman. Here's the uh, officiating rabbi again. I circled his name. Amar, he said, Nixa Yusayimim Arenka Hektesh. Same type of psak here that, ooh, it's Hektesh-like. Was the money exchanged yet? No. The only thing that clenches the deal is cash money changing hands, and it didn't, and therefore the Yisoyim can back out, they can get those wine barrels back. Period. Okay, as long as we're talking about different kinyanim and Yisoyim and what works and what doesn't work, you can have um, two possibilities. Uh, Yerachmiel has a cup of coffee. Um, I want that cup of coffee. One possibility is that I'm going to give you cash money for that cup of coffee. Maybe that'll be cutting the cup of coffee. Not. The other thing is I'll do a mashicha on it. Now, if I do the mashicha on it and I give you the money, it's basically mine. But let's say I just do the mashicha on it, didn't give you the money yet, or just gave you the money. Now, let's say of those two parties that are exchanging something, you could either do a mashicha, you could do a kesef, or it could be the yasaimim have the cup of coffee, or the yasaimim have the money and they're going to do the mashicha. So we're going to be, the chart that I sent out is really for this sugya, there's going to be the uh, Mashicha possibility as the type of Kenyan that's trying to be used, or Kesef is the type of Kenyan that's trying to be used. And then there's going to be whether the Yusayim are the ones who are selling the item or the ones who are buying the item. And I marked everything that was a Kenyan Le Yusayimim, that the Yusayim are the ones who are going to get the item as a B, and the Mi Yusayim, that the you say another one selling the item in question as an A, and then possibilities one, two, three, and four. One and two are if there's a Meshicha that's being done, and uh, three and four is there's a Kesef. Essentially, I just wanted to put so that we're going to have eight cases in the Gemara now, uh, A1, A2, A3, A4, and B1, B2, B3, B4. So if you uh, match up, I'll, I'll mention each case, whether it's which one it is, and you can match it up in the chart afterwards. So here we go. Mashuch, um, back in the Gemara, I double underline the word Mashuch, and two lines later, what's the first word on the line? Imshichu. Mm-hmm. I double underline that. And two lines later, the last word on the line is 
cash or zuzi, money. And finally, if you flip over to the Amud Beis, on the second line in the middle is, again, zuzi leyasmi. So the first four that will be presented with is when one party is doing Mashiach from the other party, and the second four case will be presented with is when Kesef is being exchanged. Now, who's exchanging it and for what? So let's see. And the reason we're bringing this in is because it's going to be essentially three of the scenarios where the Rabbanan step in and say, well, actually, maybe we shouldn't do that. Because in all of these, so gives the Mitnetik and Oilam, one of the main purposes of the Rabbanan overseeing things for the community is to keep a balance. We want to give the assignment advantage financially, they need it. We don't want to give them too much of an advantage. You know what happens if you give someone too much of an advantage? No one's going to do business with them, right? Oh man, the assignment coming, you put the sign up, it says store closed, you know, not open for business. We, we don't want that. At the same time, we want them to have an advantage, so we're going to try to be ma'azain, uh, what's the best, to give them a little advantage, but not too much. So here we go. Mashuk piri miyasmi. If the, let's say, uh, grain is being, uh, the Yisraelim have the grain, there is going to be a deal with someone's buying it from them. Uh, what happened? A mashikha of the person from the Yisraelim, colon, a one iker. So let's say they sold, I don't know, 10 pounds of wheat at $10 a pound. That's $100. And then it went up. It's now $20 a pound. What happens? Did we have run bar A few lines ago. He's the one who says it's basically like hektesh. In the same way, hektesh, if money didn't change hands, the deal isn't done. So to over here, the deal isn't done. So they can, yes, get back the... Uh, produce they had, and they'd be able to sell it for more money. Kama, let's say Zol. Let's say there was a Mashiach done on Paris from the Yisayimim, but then the price went down. Who wants to back out in that case if someone can back out? Not the Yisayimim. They got a pocket full of cash, which is more than they would get otherwise. But if the other side wants to uh, back out and not pay the money, lo mi hektish. You can't say that the koach of the hedger is going to be even greater than hektish, and therefore... Um, no backouts. And that's why if you see on the list, A1 and A2, in the A1 case, where it went up, you could, more valuable, the assignment can back out. And in case A2, where it would be the other party that would want to back out because the price is now uh, cheaper, Eno, Choser, cannot back out. Next case, Let's say it's the assignment who are paying money from their estate as part of the deal to get payros. And all that was done at this point was the Meshicha of the payros that the assignment got. Now you can have the same scenario again. It can go up in value and down in value. Iker, if it went up in value, where the ones who sold it would like to say, hey, Mr. Yassayman, listen, do you think we can back out of that deal? I know we sold it to you for 100, but now we can sell it for like 150, so we're going to take it back. Uh-uh. So in case B1, you can't say it's chamor mi hektish, and just like um, it, it, that, that in that case, they wouldn't be able to back out, so to here, they cannot back out. In other words, the Yassayman keep it, even though what they got, the payros, is much more valuable than it would be when they bought it. How about this? Case B2, Zoyl, let's say it goes down. Okay. Now, who's going to want to back out then? The assignment. Because the assignment spent $100 to buy this stuff for the next month. They could buy it now for $50. So they want to back out. Savor me now. squiggling around the savor. So, well, the rabbis discussing this figured, hmm, Eddie. That this is just like the Rav Chani Bar Eddie case. Uh, in, in which case, that the Yisraelim should be able to back out? 
He says, oh no. I guess these are the Bar Eddie brothers. This is Rav Hani Loi Bar Eddie and Rosh Hashanah Rav um, Not a good idea. You know what happens if your son could back out? If they took the payros, they didn't pay the money, and any time it goes down, they could back out? That would actually be very detrimental for Yosemim in the future. Maybe they need payros. They don't have food. They need food. They don't have cash right now. And no one's going to give them the food until they come up with the money. They don't have the money. That would not be good. In other words, you don't want a society where Yosemim have to have the cash to buy something. And if we're going to allow them to back out anytime the price goes down, no one's going to be interested in selling to them. We don't want that. And therefore, we don't let them back out. Period. Now the cases where the thing that was done, there was not a Mashiach on the pairs, but there was Kesef handed over. Where do we say there's potentially backouts or not? So Yoiv Yasmi Zuzi. In these cases, which are going to be the uh, B4 and B3 cases, is where money exchanged for payros. There was no Mashiach yet done in the payros. So Yavi Zuzi Apiri the Yasmim gave money for the payros. They paid the money, they didn't get the payros yet. Let's say uh, case B4. Sounds like a battleship. Remember that game Battleship? C7. Did it have the game Battleship? Okay. B4. In case B4, if the money was given, but they didn't get the, the, the payros, the Yassim paid the money, then in case B4, they can back out the, the same way that a Hedra can back out because it was only money that was paid and there was no Mashiach done yet. However, Iker, let's say it went up in value. Who's going to back out then? The, uh, the seller of this produce want to back out because he can get more money for it then. This is case B3. Savor me nice, squiggling on the savor. This is the second of the three cases where, like I would have thought, that this is another example of Rav Chani Laibar Eddie. However, Amar Lahu said to them, Rashisha Breder of Eddie, uh, no, this is actually going to be overall detrimental for Yosemim in the future. Ha ra'a hi leditu. This would be very bad for them. Why? <clears throat> Let's say money was paid uh, by the Yosemim. Hard earned money was paid. And they have somebody who's providing payers for them. And as often happened in those times, there were fires and things would get destroyed. How much of an effort is the, uh, the one who's supposed to provide the produce next week going to go to to like run into a burning storeroom to save the wheat that's not theirs, but they already got the money for of the assignment? Not much of an effort because the deal already stands. And therefore, much better to say, Hainu, or When the assignment show up on Sunday morning and say, okay, we need our, our weekly wheat. Sorry, it, it, there was a fire. Did you try to put it on? Yeah, you tried. Did they really try not to? We, we want to make sure that stuff that should be going to the assignment is protected by the people who have it, and the assignment won't get a sort of like empty uh, uh, a bag filled with food that they need for the next week, and therefore we don't allow it. Fine. Because this is a case where the assignment um, are paying money for something. Let's say the assignment are paying for a month's worth of food. In the case where it went up in value. So we had thought to say, that the, the um, uh, uh, shop owner should be able to back out 
because there was no Mashiach done yet, but we don't want the shop owner to back out. We don't want the Yisoyim to be able to back out. We much would prefer that if it went up in, in value that the deal stands. Why? Because if we don't allow it to stand, then the shop owner is going to say, why do I even... Ha-? He, he, we want the situation where the person who has the product that's supposed to be the assignment has a motivation to be able to take care of it and oversee it, even when he wouldn't be responsible. And that would disappear in this case, where he could have the money and uh, be able to back out because money was given and hectish that would give him no incentive to be able... Basically, does the person who's holding on to the stuff for the assignment have an incentive to protect it or not? And we want to keep that, and therefore we're going to say that there would be um, no backouts. In this final case, the, I guess we call it the A3 and A4 cases, money has been given to the assignment for payrolls of the assignment. A3, let's say, Iker, when it, by the way, if the price stays the same, there's no disagreements here. Like everyone's happy. What is the person who bought and the person who sold? If it goes up in value, lo And you leave it like that. A4, let's say it goes down. So you had the Yusayimim. Are they happy with this? That the stuff they sold for $100 is now worth 50 Yeah, but the one who gave the money to them uh, is not happy. He could get the stuff for much less uh, cost if he did it now. So Salvormina, this is the third example of where we figured to say Hainu to have Khani Lai Bar Edi, in which case you can't back out. He says, no, this is another, I guess the third example where that would actually be overall detrimental for you saying Hainu Rahuladidu. Why? They need money. Whatever. You ever been in that situation where you need money? You need money. Whatever they need money for. Who needs money? The Yisayim need money. The Leka Diavulahu. And no one's going to give them money for things that they would be able to provide later. Diavulahu Piri. Until they get the actual payroll. So you want to keep it at Yisayim. When they need money, they can get money. When they need payrolls, they can get payrolls. So any of the scenarios that would prevent that from happening, we're going to overrule Rav Khanilai Bar Rav Edi and say that no, we should let the deal stand because overall it's for the benefit of the assignment. Kama, Amar Avashi, Anna and Rav Kahana, who I think they were the Gedoli Hador in the seventh generation of the Amoy Raim. It may be his Rebbe, maybe sixth generation of Kahana, Ravashi, seventh generation. Chasminan Ashtara Deime Dezeire Asma. We uh, were actually signatories on the document of uh, the mother of Zeira Yasim. De Mizavna Ara Lakarga, that was a sale document that sold land that was of the uh, Yusayimim for karga. Karga is the um, head tax. A lot of times you would live in a place, whoever the Gentile ruler was, each Jew has to pay, I don't know, $100 or uh, 3,000 libras or whatever it is. That land was sold. Normally do we sell land of the estate of the Yusayim? No, but it was sold for that. And not only that, it was sold below Yachrezasa. A lot of times when land is sold, the basic requirement is you have to, for 30 days, announce it and advertise it. Here, it was sold immediately. How could they do that? Number one, how could they sell the land? Number two, how could they do it without Nahrazasa? Well, to Amri Nahardoi, like the Nahardians say, I've had this in a few other sugyas, for the following three issues, these are, these are basically need cash quick situations. A lot of times you don't need cash quick. Sometimes you do. And in those situations, the overseers of the estate of the assignment are allowed to sell assets 
right away. What are the three issues? Karga is the head tax, which if it's not paid up, the authorities get really upset. Mizaini is uh, food requirements for like right now. And Kivura, if somebody passes away and needs to be buried, those three. Mizavnin, assets can be sold, even even without the normal advertising period. But what, what's the advantage of advertising it for a week or a month? So you can get a higher price by people knowing that there's something for sale. Those are the three exceptions. Okay, Amram Tzava. Isn't this uh, Moshe's father, Amram? It's not a name you see that often, but Amram Tzava. <coughs> he was in the, uh, I don't know. Soldier. Or tie-dyed. Oh. Like at Seva, he would make uh, uh, colored garments. Well, he was the, uh, the dyer. Uh, Amram the dyer. What do we care about? I'm in the dire. He was the financial overseer of an estate of uh, orphans. Asu Kravim Lakameder of Nachman. A circle of Nachman. Seems of Nachman. He is one of the, uh, the Dini experts in the Shas, but um, he's always getting people in the community coming to him complaining or questioning. Or so here, they came to Rav Nachman. Amrile, so some um, busy bodies in the community came to Rav Nachman and said, uh, This Amram Tzava Kalavashu Mirsi Miasmi. He's uh, looking mighty fine these days. He's got that nice Italian suit. He's got those fancy uh, shoes. And uh, he's using the money from the estate of the assignment to do that. Amrlahu says, Rav Nachman, back to them, well, if you show up into court looking like a typical Avreich, or you show up into a typical court case looking like, you know, just walked off of uh, some big firm on Wall Street, human nature is you give a lot more weight to the person who presents himself much more choshev, and therefore Kihechi says Rav Nachman back to these complaints, listen, the reason to Kihechi de Lishtam and Mile, he's doing it so that his words will be heard so when he's representing the uh, Yisayimim, he'll get a, a, a better deal. Well, they say, Ka'achel v'shasi mididhu. Uh, well, that's great, but he's, uh, you know, he's eating out at the fancy Fleshik restaurant and, and buying the expensive bottle of wine. Veloy Amud, and as far as we know, he doesn't have the personal wealth to be able to do that. This is probably off the dime of the assignment. Uh, well, says Rav Nachman, yeah, I can never know. Maybe he won the lottery. Could be. Amor. I guess the lottery in those days was he found, oh, look, there's a sack of gold. So maybe, like, people don't know that he's necessarily got the financial ability, but you never know he could. Well, say these uh, complainers, we have inside information, Vahaka Mafsid. He's actually causing actual loss to, uh, to the, the estate he's supposed to be overseeing. Um, I don't know what, the apartment buildings that he's got. That the assignment have these supposed to oversee. Have you seen the state? There's like leaky pipes, and they're gonna they're gonna condemn them soon. Amar lahu. So Ravnach says, "Ooh, that's actually an interesting piece of information." Isili Sahadi de Mafsid. If you could bring me witnesses that he's actually causing a real loss to uh, the estate of the assignment, the Islakine, I will remove him from that position. Damar Ravuna, Chavrin, because our colleague Ravuna said in the name Mishmei de Rav, Anapi Troipis, de Mafsid, who's actually causing a real loss to the estate he's supposed to be overseeing, Misalkinamli, he can be removed. Ditmar, like we have as a discussion elsewhere, Api Troipo de Mafsid, Ravuna Amarav, Misalkinamli. The debate of Shila Amri, Loy Misalkinamli. Bottom line, the Hilchasa and the Lacha is, if there's not be Troipis, who's supposed to be overseeing the estate, he's actually doing things to cause a real loss by being negligent, we will remove him from that position. Okay. We don't get the end of the story. 
like, do we know what happened? We don't, but bottom line, we get the halach, which is very important, that there is a time when somebody who was appointed, even if he's appointed by the father, the Bastin, to oversee assets of the Yisraelim, if he's causing a real loss to those uh, assets, either by actively doing something or even passively being negligent. <coughs> Apitropis said the Mishnah Sheminuhu Aviyasayim Yishav. We had the Machlokas at the end. So according to the Tanakama, the one who swears is the one who was appointed by the father, but a court appointed one will not swear at the end. And then came along uh, Abashol and said the opposite. Now we'll see this far as for why this is the way it is. So Apitropis, I underlined Sheminuhu Avi, and then also Squiggle underlined the word Yishava. Quote from the Mishnah. My time, why is it that he swears at the end? And the basic issue is going to be, there's always a number of, in, in every interpersonal relationship, there's a number of issues going on. What's the, what, what's the issue that is going to be the main issue here? So here's the main issue. We make him swear at the end. In general, if I tell you, Bob, uh, will you do this for me? And you have to take a shoe afterwards, Bob will say, no, nah, Horus, I really don't feel comfortable. Unless Bob and I are good friends, I've done things for Bob, so okay, Horus, uh, fine, I'll do that. Same thing over here. The person who's going to be the apitropis, if not for the fact that he had gotten like real benefit in the relationship with the father of these, you say, before the father passed away, he wouldn't have agreed to be the apitropis. Which actually, in reality, if you have, let's say, people who are uh, you know, going to be in charge and a will to take care of uh, well, a person's children, there are people that you had a relationship with, you did things for each other, you trust them, and therefore, according to Tanakama, just because this guy knows he's going to have to take a shvu at the end of his job, he's not going to prevent him from taking the job. He'll agree to it, and therefore he, yes, should take a shvuah. However, continue to the Mishnah, Minuhu Bastin, a court-appointed Apitrepa Sendelai, Minuhu Bastin, lo yishava, should not swear. You know why? He's doing a favor for the Bastin. Right? He didn't, it wasn't like some relationship he had with the father before the base didn't tell him to do it. If he knows at the end he's going to have to take this shvua, he'd say, thank you, justices, but no, thank you. I think I'll pass on that one. And we don't want a situation where no one's going to be overseeing the state of Yisayimim because everyone's afraid they're going to take a shvua, have to take a shvua at the end, and therefore we do not make them take a shvua at the end. Now, it doesn't mean we go to people who are irresponsible. We still go to responsible people, but we waive that requirement to take the shvua at the end. Which again, that's the Rabbanon in their infinite wisdom trying to be Magdir. What do we want? Is it better to take a shoe at the end? It's better. But if you can't find anyone to do the job, that's not better. Should he be paid by the Beistin? Is it the Beistin's responsibility? Can the Beistin over it? Good, good. Possibly, maybe. Abashol had said it's the opposite. Abashol and Rechilov had Zvarim. My timer, so then according to Abashal, somewhere, my timer that I underlined here, Minu based in Yishav, if the court appoints him, he will take a shul. Look at this. This is the opposite. And he said, if it's a court appointed Abitrepis, we yes make him take the shvua. You know why? Look at this guy's resume. What is it going to say? First line Trustworthy enough that the Jewish courts made me an Abitrepis over the biggest state of, you know, the Cone kids. It's from that benefit that the uh, rumor that the uh, that the, the word is going to go out to Inish Mehemnahu that he's a trustworthy person. Even the courts trust him. Just because you have to take a shvu at the end, he's not going to. This is great. He would like pay I don't know a thousand dollars for having this job. He's certainly going to be more than willing to take a shvu at the end, as opposed to. This is the opposite. Minuhu avi yisayim, minu avi. 
where according to Abashol, Lo Yishava, you know why? He's doing the father a favor. They were buddies from the time they were in, I don't know, Yeshiva Katana together. He'll do him a favor. Milsa Balmahuda Avdi Lahadadi. If you tell the guy, listen, at the end, we're going to make you take this heavy uh, that you didn't keep anything. He might come to say, listen, I, I prefer not to, and we don't want that. Okay, what do we do? Bottom line, who do we make swear? Who do we not make swear? Amar of Hanan Bar Ami, Amar Shmuel, the Allah Lamaisa is like Abashol. So that's uh, interesting. It's Abashol against the Rabbanan, but we go like Abashol, at least according to uh, the Gemara's Psak over here. Seems like that logic was uh, preferred. Tanya, you have a little brisa, goes uh, about half a line. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov Oimer, Yishava. Both of them will swear, and the halacha is Kidvarov. And at least according to this brisa, the uh, halacha follows this that they would both have to swear at the end, whether it was a court appointed apitripis or the father appointed apitripis. Tanya of Tachlifa Bar Ma'arav, of Tachlifa, the one from out west. Out west is not Arizona, Nevada. Out west was Eretz because they're in Babel. Kamei So he teaches the following brisa, and this brisa goes almost a line. It says apitripis sheminehu aviyasaimim, a financial overseer who had been appointed by the father of these uh, orphans before the father died. Yeshava, he has to take a shu at the end. Mipnei shu noisei sachar. Ah, look at this. What's Noisei Sachar? He's getting a wage for the work that he is uh, doing. He's getting some sort of financial compensation. Okay, but what does it sound like? He's getting financial compensation. Is he getting financial compensation? Why would anybody agree to that? If they're going to get a financial compensation for doing this, why wouldn't they do it? Amar so this Rav Tachlifa Bar Marav who said the price over in the presence of Rabavo, Rabavo says back to him, E Isis Kava Vekailale. Now that's a, a bit of a difficult reading, at least for me. The Isis Kava, if he brings a small measuring cup, would he measure out for him? Would he get something? If he brings his wallet and opens it up, he'll get $50 at the end of each week? He's not getting paid. It's not a job that's a paying job. What do you mean he's getting paid or he's noise schar? Ella, so Rabbi points out you have to refine the brace a little bit. I squeal on the Ella, Ella Ema, Mipnei, Shehu Ke, Noise Sechar, double on the Ke. He's not actually getting $50. You know what he's getting? The reputation of somebody who is honest and straight, which is quite valuable. Or, it's the the favors that the father had done for him over all those years, he's more than happy to pay back by overseeing the estate of the orphans. All right, Adkan.